Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey, Jets fans, want $50 off your next round of drinks? Try Tap RM. They delivered the drinks right to your door so you can skip the lines and trips to the liquor store. Discover new and exclusive drinks or shop for your favorites. Don't worry, they've got all the options for you. Order your first round at taprm.com and get $50 off your first order using promo code JETS50. $50 off $100 of beer, not a bad deal. I would highly recommend it. I've done it. Connor's done it. Joe's got it. So make sure you go to taprm.com, use promo code JETS50, skip the lines, and get $50 off your first $100 worth of beer. $100 in beer for $50. Can't beat that. Now let's get into the pod. Setting up, looking downfield. He's going to heave a bomb for Corey Davis at the goal line. Into the end zone. He's got it. That's a jet touchdown. Set. Deflected and picked up Mosey. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. The New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, joined by former Turn the Jets host, now Badlands, uh, Joe Capro. So, Joe, how you doing uh, this, this evening? I'm doing well. Always happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, excited to have you on. Obviously, a lot of you know we were we were deprived of a depressing Sunday yesterday, which was I guess the uh, good for the good for the heart and uh, you know the blood pressure. But obviously, a lot you know happened yesterday, kind of in Jets world that affected the Jets. How was uh, how was your Sunday uh, without Jets football? Uh, it was nice. I'm glad the bye came when it did. I think after the Atlanta game, the fan base needed a break. For a week and I was in and out on the red zone yesterday. I didn't try to hunker down and watch too, too much. I was trying to enjoy one of the few somewhat quiet Sundays uh, the rest of the year. But from a Jet fan standpoint who wants to be petty about other teams losing because their team is not good. It was a good day. It was good to see New England lose in gut-wrenching fashion. Good to see Miami continue to stink. Uh, the Giants might be one of the few teams who are a bigger train wreck. The only team who's been a bigger train wreck than the Jets the past five years on the whole, as we always see that stat every week. And um, New England, I mean, Carolina losing as well is good for the Jets draft picks and Seattle losing. So for a bye week, can't complain that much. Now the Jets have to get back to actually playing and, you know, relatively big underdogs against a New England team that I think is overhyped in some places, but is still going to be a tough spot. The Jets have not won a regular season game there for, I think it's 13, 14 years now, which is crazy when I looked that up today. So going in with somewhat nervous, uh, but hoping that we see an offense that looks a lot different than we the first five weeks of the year. Yeah, it's interesting. Like 
the amount of Jets guys the last 10 years that caused us either excitement or pain. Like between yesterday watching Sam and Robbie, the roller coaster that is those two, to Frankie Luvu blocking a kick, Chris Herndon scoring a touchdown. Like it was just the weirdest game of all time. Then you get to the Geno Smith, Jamal, Jason Myers game was uh, something something I didn't envision myself seeing in 2021. The Jets relying on Geno Smith to not to fumble the game away the way he did uh, many times here in New York and Jamal to get hit in the face with a uh, with a line drive from Ben Roethlisberger was one of the funnier moments, um, I guess, of, of the entire weekend. Yeah, you know, and obviously you mentioned um, the offense and, and kind of going up to New England. They haven't won there. I think you tweeted out earlier since the Brett Favre Thursday night game against Matt Castle in like 08, um, which is disgusting. To, I mean, obviously they won in 2010. I don't want to hear anyone in my comments. I am fully aware we're talking regular season games. Um, what are what are a couple of things that stand out to you of just if they do these things, they can be competitive because they're six, I think six and a half point, six and a half point dogs going in in New England. It's like, it feels like every week they're a different team. It felt like Houston, they were really bad against. They weren't good against New Orleans, but in between was the Tampa and the Dallas games, which, you know, they could have won either pretty easily either game. So, um, A, what what kind of New England team do you expect to see? And, and what are some kind of keys I feel like to be competitive on, a, on Sunday? I mean, it's it, New England's a tough team for me. It seems like they basically play right around to their level of competition every week, which is not uncommon for a team with a lot of new players and a young quarterback. I mean, it's just the thing about New England now is like, they're just another team, which I think everyone is still sort of adjusting to. They're just another sort of middle of the road AFC's team who's going to look surprisingly good some weeks and look really bad other weeks. And ironically, they look better in their losses to Tampa and Dallas than I would say they did in their wins against both Houston and even the Jets. I mean, that Jets game was Zach Wilson threw it away. The rest of that game, their offense really did not play well. If you really go back and watch it and the Jets defense should feel the one drive that like everyone just, it was after a third turnover and it was like the big run. That was it. It was, that was really it. Matt Jones really did nothing in that game. The New England also got a very friendly break on the first drive of that fumble being overturned. So the Jets defense, especially with May and Davis coming back should feel, I think confident going into this matchup and confident in that they could keep New England at or around 20 points if the Jets are better in protecting the football. Now, offensively, you know, Zach Wilson w- was a disaster in that game. Now, the second interception, I don't know if it was fully on his fault, but he, he's gotten Atlanta, even with the Atlanta game factored in, he's played a lot better since that. He played, I thought, much better than the stats showed in week three against Denver. I thought he was legitimately good in week four. Week five was not good, but it was not as bad as it was in week two. So they've had two weeks to prepare and they have to. They have to score two or three touchdowns to have a chance to win. They have to protect the football. I mean, one turnover is one thing. Four, you have zero chance to win. It's not going to happen. Uh, if they can minimize the turnovers to like one and break even on the turnover battle uh, or maybe win it, that's going to be your path to an upset. And they have to finally have, find a way to start fast. You're not going to come back against New England if you go down 10, 13, 17, nothing. And the Jets have been down 10, nothing, nine, nothing, 17, nothing every single week this year. And it's just no way to compete. And everyone now knows this sort of like first quarter, first half stat and how embarrassing it is. And it's rightly being like memed at this point. The best way to show that you've changed and you've moved the ball forward over the bye week and you've made some structural personnel changes is like come out and score early. Get up three nothing, even get up seven nothing, you know, get into halftime at in a 10 10 game or a 13 10 game. And I think they would have a chance to steal it. I, I, the line is reasonable where it is. I think it will probably stay at about six or seven. New England, 
at this point and how they beat the Jets week two, they're going to be a big, a big favorite in this game. And I think it will stay there. But if the Jets can do what we want, which is more 11 personnel, more Elijah Moore, more Denzel Mims, find a little more balance with their running game and Zach can play smarter football, I think it'll be a close game. Am I going to pick them to win? No, I need to see them win in New England before I'm going to pick them you know, to win. I, I also, again, like I've picked them to win like two or three times this year. It's only been right once. So I'm going to be hesitating on picking them to win for a little bit, but this is a game. And I think, I think it's the same with the two after where Cincinnati and the Colts, like these games should be competitive. Are the Jets supposed to win any of them? No, but it's the NFL and you got to be able to be competitive against these teams. You're playing in Buffalo, different situation. Do I expect the Jets really to be competitive? Not, not really at this point, which kind of sucks, but it's just being realistic. These three games, like you should be in and you should find a way to steal one of them. I think if you're actually showing some progress, don't, don't go to one and eight. So for one of these three, find a way to score some points and, and steal one because New England is likely going to be coming down off a gut-wrenching overtime loss and similar thing to Tampa Bay where they, they just lost that game and they were flat the following week against Houston. Yeah. It's interesting. Like you, you mentioned New England and how they kind of play their competition. New Orleans got smoked by the giants and then the giant, like, and then New Orleans, it's New Orleans smoked uh, in New England. Like it's just, there's, it just feels like every week Miami went up there and Miami has won a game since and has barely been competitive in games um, since going up to New England and winning. So I feel like it's just, like you mentioned, New England, people have to adjust to the fact that New England is, other than the dark art stuff with Belichick, like Dallas didn't play good football yesterday. Um, for the most part, it was a lot of like big plays on defense, but couldn't really, um, they created two turnovers, but they are, they're a defense that gives up a big play. Offensively, Dallas turned the ball over multiple times in the red zone. They, they missed field goals, botched like fourth down conversions, and they still put up like 550 yards of offense. Um, Dak threw for 450, and I felt like he didn't even play that great until the end of the game. So there's a yard. A lot of fluky plays and turnovers. Yeah, in that. A lot it of, felt like that the one Mac one Jones one. touchdown. I mean, felt like the the Marcus Williams miss on Stephon Diggs in the NFC Divisional Playoffs like three or four years ago, where it's just like lollipop that gets thrown up and the safety takes a bad angle. Um, the Jets defense actually matches up well with new England. They play the middle, like the whole thing with new England, just middle of the field. They drill that home. Mac throws the ball over the middle of the field. That's his thing. And the Jets are bend don't break and new England doesn't take shots. So um, I guess the under is probably a decent bet, but to your point, Zach's got a, I don't even care about having like one turnover. And I, I use this example and I know people, I always talk about Sam, but week 17 last year, like the first half Sam played is the type of game I'd like to see from Zach in a more, you know, expansive fashion. I felt like Sam actually played pretty well. I'm like, wow, this is going great. Like, I don't know what's going on here. He's, you know, making big plays, not turning it over. Obviously then he had a Sam game in the second half and, and they lose and it doesn't, it was a irrelevant game, obviously six and nine versus two and 13. But the point is like a Jets quarterback can go up to new England and not, you know, throw five interceptions. It almost feels like the Jets played better in new England. Cause there's like, zero expectation to win um but i would be disappointed if they lose by more than a touchdown i i truly would I, I just don't think i think that's a bad barometer to start to get into if like we can't even be competitive with a third place or second or third place team in our division who's maybe going to win eight games if they're if they're lucky um i know you mentioned marcus may and jared davis coming back as well we got some news obviously on mckay he's a couple of weeks away what were your thoughts kind of on mckay coming back and you know what kind of happens when that comes back? I know we're a few weeks away here, but obviously he's he's a franchise left tackle and it's important to get him back on the field at some point. 
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Yeah, I mean, I think with Becton, you're going to be more cautious than not. I think we we both kind of agree it's probably the Buffalo game, which is week 10, I think. And I think he'll come back to being the left tackle. Uh, I would hope they would put Moses at the right tackle. I know fans are asking, can they put Fan at guard? Can they put Moses at guard? I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think they'll, they're going to ride it out with their interior offensive linemen for the rest of the year. And uh, they're going to get Becton back out there to get reps. Ironically, Fant seems to be like a better left tackle than right tackle. I mean, that just seems to be his skill set. but I would still have Moses out there uh, with Becton when he's back. And hopefully he gets a solid seven games under his belt to close the season and build on, you know, with Davis, be interesting to see how that linebacker rotation works with Quincy Williams because he's flashed a lot. Um, with May, you know, when May offseason team issues aside, when he's out there, he's a solid, productive player and better than Colbert or Neesman or any other guys that they have out there. Would it help to have him against Kyle Pitts? I can tell you that. So we know New England would like to use John Smith and Hunter Henry. That's been a little, you know, inconsistent with how uh, how productive they've been, but it will be a nice boost to just get some veterans back guys who have some experience out there. We want to see more of Becton. Um, I think they will be more cautious than not with him, but it does sound like everything's on track for Davis and May this week, which should be a good boost to a defense that has been pretty good and should be really confident going against Mac Jones. Now they have to find a way to force some turnovers. They didn't force any turnovers in the New England game or they did and it didn't count on the first one, but Jones is, despite the lavish praise and look, he's been fine. Like there's no reason to like beat up on the guy. It's not his fault. He's being covered the way he's being covered, but he's thrown, you know, a pick a game. I think the last three or four weeks since the jet game, you got to get one or two from him, uh, maybe force a fumble because that's the only way that you're likely going to have a chance to compete. I agree with you. I I understand the sort of surface level, like it's new England. They're going to get blown out, but new England's going to be like a seven and 10, eight, nine team this year you should be competitive in this game and you should be in it until the end. And if they lose by five or they lose by three, but they score a few touchdowns and Wilson looks a lot better. That's one thing. And it still sucks to lose to New England, but that's fine. This should not be 20 to three at halftime or, or 28, nothing going into the fourth. You got to find a way to show up better than that coming off of bye week. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. I just feel like there's, 
there's just not really an excuse to not start well. I know Salah commented today, you know, we went talk with Zach about what, you know, you know, what he felt comfortable in what he did. And it seems like shotgun stuff. Um, he feels much more comfortable. I think the more complex stuff of the Shanahan offense, the drop at seven step, five step drop that game that like is usually the last part of the progression and like the easy play action one read stuff he seems to like struggle with right now. Um, last couple, you know, kind of quick things here. Obviously, I think if we kind of reference like Sam's rookie year when he got hurt or, you know, hurt, I, I don't know how much that was a real injury. Um, and they kind of had him set down for a little bit. And he like took two or three weeks and then came back firing. How, how effective do you think this bye week is going to be for him to kind of take a step back? It's like seen some good, seen some bad and kind of self-evaluate, not just him, but the coaching staff. I feel like you kind of mentioned like the bye came at the right time because I feel like this game, if there wasn't a bye week, I would probably would have had a different uh, different expectation, but coming off the bye, there's just not really an excuse to not start fast and have Zach not look more ready than he has uh, in the weeks past. Yeah, I mean, two weeks to get ready. You, ideally, you're coming out with more tempo. You're coming out with a better rotation at receiver, both in terms of who's lining up where, how much they're playing, how many targets they're getting. You have a tighter rotation at running back that maybe makes a little more sense and you're finding a way to, to manufacture some early points. You know, Adam Gase was terrible at everything, but he could certainly script an opening drive. Uh, coaches are supposed to be able to find ways to, with time to prepare, at least get three or seven early in the game, just to think about what a burden that would finally be off the defense to be up three, nothing or up seven, nothing. Uh, and how much more confidence they could go out there with instead of it immediately being seven, nothing or 10, nothing. So there'll be a lot of eyes on the offense early in this game uh, because this team should be better uh, on offense coming out. Now, they were a lot better in week four and five compared to week two and three. You know, there was a very real difference. They scored six total points in week two or three and then scored 47 points between week four and week five. That, that's progress. You've got to build on that progress now and score 20 points every week. And that's not even asking that much in today's NFL. You should be scoring two or three touchdowns on offense every single week. And for Zach, you want to see those numbers start to balance a little bit. He's dug himself a big hole with the interception to touchdown ratio. Yards per attempt is not terrible comparatively to the other rookie quarterbacks, but you want it to get closer and up over seven, definitely. So, you know, can he come out and, you know, with after, especially, I mean, he's nowhere near Dak, of course, but you can throw on this New England secondary. You know, can he come out and throw for 240 yards with a 7.5 yards per attempt and have a couple touchdowns, maybe only one turnover? And I don't, if the Jets lose 24 20 and he has that kind of game, I, I think he can't leave too like angry about it, but you got to have that kind of competitive game on offense. Yeah, I was just, I was going to ask you two more things. One being like, obviously, it felt like the, the Patriots lit Sam up with zero pressure and just, blitz seven eight guys and just he panicked and thrown it that's where all these interceptions came from zach it felt like they did the opposite they rushed four let the jets run the ball and, and dropped a bunch of guys in the covered zach tried to fit stuff in the windows that just wasn't there do you expect the patriots to to do something similar because i feel like knowing belichick it's like the jets are going to prep all week for them to drop a bunch of guys around the ball and then all of a sudden the patriots are going to come with a bunch of blitzes and kyle van noy and chase winovich the most annoying players in all of the NFL are going to have like four sacks and talk on Twitter. So any, any thoughts into kind of that? And then lastly, one rookie that you expect to take a much bigger jump over the next 12 games. And one guy that's maybe performed well, that might hit that bit of a rookie wall. Yeah. I mean, you never know what to expect in New England. I'm sure they're going to throw some curveballs compared to what they showed him week two to try to keep Wilson 
off kilter. I'm sure they're going to try to blitz him a little more than they did early in the game and see if they could throw him off and be like, Hey, if he has another early turnover, he is going to totally go into a shell because he's going to want to avoid what happened last time. That's likely how they're thinking. So for the jets, like what are your blitz beaters? Where are your slip screens? Where are your little things that allow Wilson to get rid of the ball fast, get some easy completions and some easy yards and stay confident early in the game. You know, in terms of the rookies, it has to be more. Uh, and I, I don't think more is that far away. He's been close a couple of times to a big play. And I, I'm just shocked at how like out some parts of the fan base seem to be on him through four games of his career. I understand he got a lot of hype in the summer, but then he got hurt and he missed all of the preseason. And still, Zach keeps him in bounds week two. And he maybe he scores a touchdown. And we're looking at it a little different because he has 80 yards and a touchdown in his second career game. He just misses the big catch against Carolina. Atlanta one too. Yeah. He draws a big pass interference play against Atlanta. He's not that far away. He's getting open. The big plays will come. I think everyone will feel a lot better about him five, six weeks from now. You know, I'm sure some people on the defense are going to regress to the mean a little bit. You know, maybe with Jared Davis coming back, you avoid some of that with Quincy Williams, uh, who makes some big plays, but could also give up some big plays. They're going to have some problems in the secondary from time to time. I don't know if New England's the team to really exploit it, but. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they're going to be picking on Eccles in that secondary down the field. Uh, Wentz, as much as we like to rip on him, they were throwing the ball down the field a lot against Houston. They'll do the same against the Jets with Hilton and Pittman and Campbell and some of their guys. Secondary is going to have a couple ugly moments still, I think. I don't know if it's going to be as much as Michael Carter in the slot, but I could see Eccles and some of the outside guys struggling more than they have to date. Yeah, I was going to say, and I talked a lot about this with Echoes, like the schemes protected him big time. I think he's shown some flashes. I think he's probably a long-term three or maybe a borderline starter on this team. But like 16 of the 23 targets then have been completed, like 200 yards so far. And it's kind of gotten, it's not, he's not giving up a big play, which is nice. Um, but yeah, Moore's close. I mean, he's separation wise, all the next gen stats say that he's top of the NFL in, in separation. Zach misses him a couple of times in Denver. You mentioned the Carolina one. Um, he has a concussion. The Atlanta one's still a 50-yard game. Like, the Jets need to do more of that. I know you've been banging the drum about that for, like, 10 years, but, like, throwing the ball up when, and getting that pass interference call, it seems like the teams do it to the Jets at least twice a week, and the Jets are starting to do that a little bit more, and it's kind of nice and refreshing to see. It's, like, two weeks in a row of 50 yards, spot foul, pass interference calls that I, I don't ever remember the Jets getting, like, ever. So, um, I guess not – you don't need to – I kind of assume I know where you're going to go with the prediction. I'll leave that for uh, leave that for the Badlands pod and your 12-pack. A um, couple of news. I know everyone that follows this pod listens to Badlands, but on the 4th of uh, November, watch party um, – against Indianapolis. I don't know if you want to kind of do that, go through that and the, and the tap room stuff. Um, you'll, uh, you probably do a better job of selling it than I will. Of course. Well, listen, it's just Thursday night football, Shepard knucklehead and Hoboken come on out, hang out with Connor, myself, Will, a few of the other crew from TOJ $48 tip include tip tax included all you can drink uh, during the game, uh, which is a good deal, I would say. And we'll have that place packed out with Jet fans, even if they are, one and six or three and five or somewhere in between at that point. Uh, but it'll be fun to get everyone together before it gets too late in the season. And with TapRM, it's pretty straightforward. You just go to TapRM.com, uh, use promo code JETS50, and you get $50 off your first order over 100. And yes, you're going to get a lot of beer because they have all local breweries at great prices and you're going to get it for half off. So stock up. You'll be good for a few weeks and 
taprm.com promo code jets 50 and you'll be in good shape and we, we hope to see as many people as we can out on the fourth and so you know obviously do a lot of talking back and forth on twitter and on the pod it'll be good to get everyone in person yeah no i'm, I'm excited for that i'm excited to kind of meet some people and um in person and, and stuff like that friday show steve gelbs will co- coming on um so stay tuned for that uh we've got some other big guests that are kind of lined up some Jets coaching staff, some players as well uh, later in the year. Um, so stay tuned. Friday's pod, we'll preview all of the New England stuff, break it down, and then make sure you're tuned into Badlands, obviously. Turn the Jets live. I think I'm going on tomorrow with Steven and Steven. Um, so uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to everybody on Friday.